We're continuing our series, uh, Simplicity. We've been looking at how to, to simplify. You know, I believe uh, it's some of the keys to living life to its fullest. And uh, I think that's God's design for your life and mine. And so today what I want to look at is values and for us to determine what our priorities are in life. Um, because how, how we function and get our priorities straight, it'll keep you from wasting your one and only given life. The fact is, what's important to you? I mean, think about that for a minute. Because what you say and what you actually do in your life may be two different things. The, the fact is, I believe a great deal of the struggles that we have in life... Uh, Our dissatisfaction occurs when our declared values are not supported by our priorities in our lives. And here's what I want to do is challenge you today to evaluate your life a little bit and bring it into harmony with what you believe is important. You know, why are values important? Well, values determine what kind of decisions you will make. They determine what will drive your schedule. Ultimately, I believe our values define us. You know, they they change us. Uh, There's been a lot of talk in business these days about value added. And basically, consumers are asking the question, what is the value added if I purchase this service, if I purchase this product? Um, And so some of the most successful companies in the world today are beginning to strategize and address that value-added question. And so what I want to do is take that approach to our lives and ask you to look at it as value-added living. You know, what if we were to get strategic about how we live? Is the right thing being done to support our values, to support our mission? Uh, Am I dedicating... My, my time, my energy, and my resources into the things that will yield the greatest and most valuable return? Uh, does it produce value in, in my life, the things that I'm doing? Because when your values are not supported, it creates stress and tension. Anybody have a little stress and tension these days? You know, James said, James 1.8, he says, a double-minded person is unstable in all they do. You know, Gallup poll taken not long ago suggested that the number one stress factor in the world, get this, is not that we don't have enough time. It's not that we don't have enough money. It's not even relational conflicts. Number one stress factor is incongruent values. In other words, we say we believe one thing, but we act totally different. You know, it's kind of like we say family is important. But surveys have shown that the average father, guys, listen up on this, the average father spends less than five minutes a day talking to his children. We say it's important, but what are our actions? We say family is important, but we put work and everything else ahead of it And pretty soon you go, okay, where's the priority? You know, we say health's important, 
But do we watch our weight? Do we eat right? Do we exercise? Do we practice good health at Thanksgiving? (laughs) We say materialism is a bad thing. But in reality, the question is, are you saving anything? Or do we spend everything we've got? You know, we say, God, you're first. You're number one in my life. But is God really your first thought? Is God first in your schedule? Is God first in your finances? I mean, we say one thing, but the reality is we live something else. And what I want to suggest to you when you have these two competing values in your life, it creates chaos, it creates tension, it creates guilt, and it'll create a valueless driven life. Value-added living requires that we identify what's important in our lives. And then based on those values, you can begin to clarify your priorities of life. You know, what, what you find if you do that is the stress level decreases, but your success level begins to increase. In fact, I could tell you if you had a little bit of time to spend with me, and you told me what you're actually lived out values are, not what you say they are, but what you actually do with your time and stuff, I could predict how your life's going to turn out. Because, friends, what our values are, what they really are, every time you make a decision, you're relying on those values. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your affections, for they influence everything else in your life. Values determine where you're going to travel. Values will determine what's important to you, what kind of path you will take in your life. And priorities based on values, you can control the success. You know, one of the greatest time wasters, I believe, is when you're torn between values. You know, when you have several things that are conflicting and pulling you this direction and that. And the fact is, you never really commit to anything because you got so much going on. You know, you have to determine what values are going to drive you. How am I going to live my life? And I've asked this question throughout this entire series. What do you want to be remembered for? You know, when you take your last breath, what do you want people to say? I mean, what is it that you really want people to say about how you lived you know mark 8 36 jesus says what was it profit if you gain the whole world and forfeit your life or your soul indeed what can you give in return for your life what are you giving your life for if you boil it all down what are you giving your soul for because your your values will determine that answer. You know, think about the last few weeks. What is it? What is it? Where do you you get those values? Well, there are a couple places you can get values. The world or God's word. You can get your, your values from culture or you can get it from Jesus Christ. And friends, when I look at society today, especially in America... I think you can kind of summarize those values in about three, three different words. You know, those things that we say are so important, 
And I can almost guarantee you, if you run after what the world says life's about, you will miss God's best in your life. You know, one of them's pleasure. You know, the world, our, our culture says, that's what really matters. You know, this if it feels good, do it mentality. We, we live in this very sensual society. As you kind of take a look at it up close, the, the number one industry in our nation is entertainment. You know, we just want to have fun, just want to enjoy things. And so, so society says that's what life's about. That's what it's about. Jesus said, by, by the pleasures of living, the life is choked out of them. And they produce nothing. Click, next channel, next channel. And it doesn't produce. Now, don't misunderstand me. Pleasure's fine. But it's not to be the goal of life. If, if you make pleasure the goal of life what i can tell you is it's always elusive it it doesn't last you you have it for a moment and it's gone you you find that you get on this treadmill where it has to be bigger and better and and the thrills have to be more magnificent as you push forward because you're trying to find more and more pleasure again part of life but not all of life it's not what life's about you know some people they boil it down they say well it's it's possessions the one with the most toys wins. You know, can, we, we're kind of consumed with consuming in our lives. And we think, okay, that's the goal. And, and what you find if you're not careful, you get on that treadmill, all of a sudden you, instead of loving people and using things, you get it backwards, don't you? You start using people and loving things. You know, you see that in corporate America a lot. The the fact is, if you're not careful, you begin to base your self-worth on your net worth. And you'll get it all confused. And the reality is, our net worth and our self-worth have nothing to do with each other. Our value and our valuables, they don't have anything to do with each other. Jesus said, beware, don't, don't always be wishing for what you don't have person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions it's not about stuff you know i've said before i I always love what howard hughes at the time he was the richest man in the world and they asked him you know how much does it take to be happy he said just a little bit more and i think that's true you know ecclesiastes says if you love money you'll never have enough and the reality is it's absolutely true I mean, how many of you, if you backtrack 10 years ago and you think about what you hoped you would have or what you could make a year and you go, you know, if I ever made X amount of money a year, I would be happy, 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 happy. And you started making that and you go, you know, if I just had X amount of money, then I'd be happy, 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 happy. And we... You notice how it's always more? It takes a little bit more. The world tell you prestige. That's the way to go. Power, popularity, position, status. You know, we live in a, a culture that says dress for success. Impress people with what you got. You know, it's amazing. We take and uh, you can have a couple shirts identical, but one of them has an emblem, and we go, I'll pay 40 more dollars. I want the emblem. Why? Because I can afford it. I'm worth it. 
You know, it's about status. You know, watch me. Look at the house I'm in. Look at the car I drive. Look at the clothes I wear. You know, commercials, that's what it's all about. It's trying to appeal to this piece of us. Ecclesiastes, the, we have uh, Solomon who had everything. I mean, he was the wealthiest, wisest that, that's ever lived. And he had everything galore, overload. And when he assessed his life, he took time to evaluate. He says, I went after all the pleasures. Couldn't think of anything that I didn't deny myself. But he, but he kind of summarizes by saying, you know, I did the pleasure thing. I did the possession thing and prestige. And, I, and I'll tell you what, it's not there. I've got it. I'm not happy. It's not where life's about. You know, it's meaningless, useless. He says, there's a greater purpose, something. There's got to be something bigger than what the world says. Jesus comes along and says, all, all these worldly things, the craze for sex and the ambition to buy everything that appeals to you and the pride that comes from wealth and importance, these are not from God, but from the world. Most of our values, get this, you didn't choose. They're kind of forced on you by peers, by society. And, and what happens is, I mean, we did have a choice, but we kind of automatically accept them. You know, we get caught in, in the rat race. The, the, the number one value creator, it's not parents. It's not grandparents. It's not the church. Number one value creator. What do you think it is? TV. Movies. We, in fact, we often base our lives on these substandard values that we think it's all that, but it's not. I mean, when you let Hollywood... Decide what your values are. You better watch out. You're going to miss God's best in your life. So how do do you build your life on on values that that last? You know, you've got to ask for some guidance to kind of run your values through a filtering system. Job writes, he says, when we should choose to follow what is right, But first, we must decide together what is good. He says, you've got to make a decision in your life. You know, and it really boils down to two questions, and that's what we're going to kind of push on today. And the first question you've got to answer for yourself is, what's important? What's important? What are your values? What would you live and die for? You have to decide what's important. You have to decide ultimately what matters. God, family. You know, I said a couple of weeks ago, people ask me, they go, well, what should they be? And it's like, well, I can't figure that out for you. What I do know from God's word is that God should be first. You know, if you're married, your spouse should be next. If you have children, they should be next. And then you get to choose. You know, if you stay in God's boundaries or what, what God says is okay, you can pick and choose from there. But you got to get that stuff straight because before you can do good, you got to decide what good is. You have to decide what's important in your life. 
And hear this, success, success is not somewhere you arrive. Success is a journey. You, you sense it and you feel it when you know you're living by the values that you say are important. In other words, don't let people, don't let culture, don't let TV, don't let anybody determine what success is for your life. You got to clarify it. What's the goal of life? Most of you, if I was to go around and ask, most of you know what you want to have. But you don't know who you want to be. What do, we, what do you value the most? What type of person do you want to be? You know, when people talk about you, and trust me, they talk about you, and they talk about me, what kind of adjectives do you want them to use? What do you want to be important? What do you want written on your tombstone when all's said and done? You know, the, it, you get a key perspective about life when you start fast-forwarding. You ever play that game, what am I going to be like in 20 years? What am I going to be like in 30 years, 40 years? 50 years, some of you are going, don't go too far now. Future. Eternity. Friends, what's going to count over the long haul? You can eliminate a lot of stuff, a lot of trivia, by just asking, how much of today's activities are going to count in 10 years? How much of what I'm doing is going to matter in eternity? That clarifies pretty fast, doesn't it? I don't know any other question that can clarify life any better. What's going to last? In other words, God, God's going to say, you know, when I look at a person's life, I, I don't look at the value of their wealth I look at the wealth of their values, how they lived. And I, I found it interesting, the more time I spend with people, that we rarely, if ever, really examine what our values are, unless we're in a crisis. You get in a crisis, things get tough. You get knocked pretty good. You begin to ask the right questions. But when things are going great, you don't, you don't ask the tough questions. You don't stop and say, you know, I, I wonder if I'm heading down a dead end in my life. I wonder, is this what life's really about? No, we don't do that. I mean, life's challenging enough, but then we make it more complicated because we get things flipped the wrong way. We focus on the wrong things. I saw a great cartoon a while back in uh, this little girl, the first frame, she's riding her bicycle and the next frame she smacks into a limb and it knocks her off her bike and next frame you see her, she runs in the house to her mom and she says, Mommy, Joey just hit me in the head with a, with a limb. Her mom kind of looked at her and said, uh, he's at the mall with your dad. 
little girl, she's got this, it's a great look. It's like, like just startled. She says, you mean stuff like this can just happen? Bummer. And friends, life will mess you up. It'll get the best of you sometimes. It will knock you down. And life has a way of getting our attention. You know, whether, whether we lose a loved one, all of a sudden, things become very simplistic. Your spouse walks in and says, it's over. It simplifies very fast. You have to declare bankruptcy. Things begin to fall into focus. You lose a job. You find out you have major illness. Life becomes very simple. Your kids mess up or get jammed up. And all of a sudden, what's important just screams. You start going through pain. You start asking, what really matters? You know, why, why do I get out of bed in the morning? Is there more to life than this? There has to be. And what I want to say to you today is if you're a little bit disillusioned, if you're a little bit discouraged, if you're a little bit depressed, then good. Because God's got your attention. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not happy that you're going through pain. What I am happy about is that God's got your attention. And God has your undivided attention. It takes tough times to evaluate what's really important in life. Anybody that's been through it, they'll say, you know what? It was awful, but I got my priorities straight because of that. Second question you've got to ask yourself is, what's not important? That seems kind of dumb, doesn't it? But it's a powerful question. If you're going to get on track, you have to decide what life is not about. This is a tough one. Because not everything on your schedule has equal value. In fact, I would argue a lot of things on our schedule, you know, it's all over the place. You know, I don't have time for everything. And something very freeing, I figured out God... God doesn't expect me to do everything. He doesn't expect you to do everything. You know, the psalmist writes and says, turn my eyes away from worthless things, things that waste your time. See, life's too important. Life's too short. Apostle Paul understood that. He says, don't be conformed to the standards of this world. And I love the, the Phillips translation says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. You know, Paul, Paul's talking about values. You know, the fact is most of the world is not happy running after the possessions, running after the position, running after the pleasures of life because it doesn't last. It really doesn't fix anything. And again, back to that clarifying question, what's going to last? What's going to last? I mean, let's apply that to the things the world says. Does pleasure last? No. No, I mean, it's fun for a while, but it doesn't last. It always takes something a little bit more. Hebrews writes and says, there, there's pleasure in sin for a little while. See, he's giving us a clue. He says, you know, a lot of times there's pleasure, but it's over the edge. But it won't last, and it's not good. Now, I think the evil one's pretty pretty slick here because... He says, you know what? It will be fun for a little bit if you step over that edge. 
but it won't last. It doesn't last. You know, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin, but watch out. I mean, I, I know that if it wasn't fun, if there wasn't pleasure, nobody would do it. It wouldn't be tempting. So it's there, pleasure, but it will not stick. It doesn't stay. You know, you reap what you sow. You know, how many people have destroyed their, their families or their careers or their lives because they chased that one, but it doesn't last? Do possessions last? No. No. Here today, gone tomorrow. I like what Timothy says. It says, you, you brought nothing into the world. Guess what you're going to take out? Nothing. Gone. But it's mine. You know, I like uh, the preacher. He was preaching uh, about that it all belongs to God. I've said that many times. Everything belongs to God. And he went out to see one of his parishioners, and he owned a farm. And the farmer said, you know, I listened to you Sunday. And he says, you mean to tell me all this land doesn't belong to me? pastor waited and said, I don't know, ask me in 100 years. It's all gone. Prestige, does that last? No. I mean, you, there are people, I, I was looking a while back in uh, Rolling Stones and Newsweek and some of those, and there were people on the cover, and I'm like, who is that? I don't know who it is. But they were popular at the time. You know, here today, gone tomorrow. Stars rise and they fall. The fact is, it's fleeting. You know, Jesus said many people who seem to be important now will be least in eternity. And many of those considered least here will be great in eternity. In other words, it gets flipped all kinds of ways. Value-added living begins when you shift your values, when you shift what, what's important to you, when you begin to, to pour your time and your talent and your resources, your, your finances into things that really matter, into things that we say are important in our lives. Paul understood that. He kind of presses the point. Philippians 3, verse 8, he says, Everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Jesus Christ. For me to live is Christ. Now, don't look at the scripture and don't say it out loud. But if I was to ask you today, for me to live is blank. Fill in the blank here. What would you say? Because once you know that, once you know what's important, once you know what's not important, then you can begin to live a life based on values and a life that has values. You know, I challenge people often to just take five, ten minutes a day and just evaluate your life, review your life. You know, ask yourself this, is my life lining up with what I say is important? And then you've got to ask the second question. Is my life lining up with what God says is important? Just ask those two things. What I say is important. I say my family is important. Is it true as I look at my schedules, I look at how I live, I say God's important. Is that true? 
Friends, it's easy to get off base here. It's easy, and people regularly get jammed up. And I believe we've got to regularly look at what is driving you, what is determining your future, what, what steps you're taking. And here, it's so funny. People go, well, you know, I just don't know if i got five minutes a day to do that. It's like, okay, it's either, is it important or not? Because if it's important, then surely it's worth taking five or ten minutes a day. You know, try it for a few weeks. You may be amazed at how many times you go, ooh, that's not lining up very well. What values are going to last? I would argue God's values. There's all kinds of values throughout Scripture. One of them, uh, Corinthians says, the greatest of these is love. Love's a value. That's a value I want. I want when people talk about me to say, you know what? He dresses kind of weird. He likes weird sports teams and whatever. But I think he loved us. That's something that lasts forever. You know, in fact, I would argue that if you know how to love, you will never be considered a failure. You know, Scripture says love never fails. And, that, and that's why. You know, it doesn't matter what you accomplish in life. Here's what I can tell you. You can accomplish all kinds of great things, but if you don't love, it doesn't matter, and you are a failure. It'll bite you if you don't learn to love. That's a God-given value. You know, Proverbs 21.21 says, whoever pursues righteousness, you know, God's ways, pursues love, will find, get this, life, prosperity, honor. Hmm. That's not like the stuff the world wants. And it's interesting because God says, you know what? You may spend your entire life trying to find that stuff, but if you would just take and engage in my ways, God says, I'll give you those things. If you get your priorities right, I'll give you life. I'll give you prosperity. I'll give you honor. I'll allow you to walk and experience those things. You know, we live in this turbulent world. I mean, the, the pace changes so rapidly. You know, we're running full blast. And sometimes we have no idea what we're even doing. And I have to be honest with you, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no road map of life. God, God is going to give us a little bit of details, but not much. And contrary to what the psychic hotline says, we don't know what's happening tomorrow. But you know what God's given you? An internal compass. And that compass is values. You know, I sit a lot these days. Uh, and I told you I love being a grandparent. And I sit and think about what kind of world my grandkids are going to have to face. And I think about some of the challenges that my kids face. And I can't make decisions for them. But you know what I can do? I can teach them about values. So when they have a situation in their life, they've got something to base their decisions on. You know, when, when you look down the road, parents, grandparents, look down the road 10 years, do you think you're going to be glad you had your kids in all kinds of sports? 
Or do you think you're going to be glad that you had the kids in the zone every week learning about God's values and principles for, for living? In other words, 100 years from now, fast ramp here, are you going to be glad that they won some trophies? Or do you think you're going to be more glad that they grew to love Jesus Christ as their Savior? You know, I don't know what the future holds. Neither do you. But I know. I know that if you understand what your values are, what counts, what ultimately life is about, and you know the person that holds the future, and that's God. What you have is a way to navigate life. You have stability when everything else is spinning apart. There's a term in the Bible that actually a good translation would be value system, and it's called kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Jesus said in... uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God's value system, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, what's a profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Key to value-added living is you put God in the center, and you live by God's values. Let God help you. And you have to decide what's important. And you have to eliminate what's not important. And when you bring that in line with God's word, and you let those values drive you, it changes everything. It seriously does. And next week, I'm going to piggyback this message. And next week, we're going to look at just physically... And mentally, how do you how do you get a get a balance to all this? How do you really attack life? Because there are lots of things we do that you have to do. Just to, it's part of part of living. You know, you think about how much time we spend paying bills or you know grocery shopping or or whatever. They're just stuff that you have to do. It's part of life. But how do you, how do you really begin to simplify? Anybody like to have a little simpler life? You ever in those moments think, man, if I could just slow down, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Let's let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, I know that um, you long to have a relationship with us that we let you navigate our path. We let you draw us and change us, decide what's important, what's not important. God, I know so many times we all have a tendency to get off the path. God, forgive us of that. God, I pray that you would just allow your Holy Spirit to help us with each step. God, help us to simplify. Help us to enjoy life. 
Help us to find peace in the midst of the struggles. God, most of all, help us to base our lives on values that are pleasing to you. God, in this season of Thanksgiving, we, we praise you for all the mighty things that you've done. God, I know there are those that are hurting, their lives are broken. And God, I pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to help them find peace, that you'd pull brothers and sisters alongside, that they would know your love and care, your grace. And God, most of all, we look forward to the day we all gather around your throne. Help us to live life well. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.